You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And not joining me, as always, is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Frank was out tonight, had some work-related responsibilities that kept him from watching the game live and thus recording this podcast with me. Uh, I've been dealing with a little bit of an illness, so if my voice sounds a little bit off, I apologize for that. But that is why we did not have a podcast yesterday, uh, and that's uh, that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna get through it, and uh, so no Frank and me battling a cold, but we're we're gonna get through this thing. Uh, a big win for the Milwaukee Bucks on Thursday night. Bucks win ninety eight ninety seven over the Boston Celtics, and I mean <laughs> that wasn't pretty. That was not a pretty game at all. It was it was about as ugly as a game can look because ugh, woof. Uh just not a, a pretty pretty thing to watch. On the night Bucks 37 of 88 from the field for 42%. Uh the Celtics 39 of 102 from the field for 38 8.2 percent uh bucks had 15 turnovers on the game they had or excuse me 16 turnovers on the game they had 10 of those in the first half and i mean you go up and down the roster and uh just kind of an ugly night all around uh but in the end the bucks end up winning it and I mean, I think the the story of the game is just it's to me Giannis because that was that was the one constant throughout the game for the Bucks was just him making plays and uh, he ends the night thirty points, thirteen rebounds, six assists, a steal, two blocks, four turnovers. Uh, he ends the game a minus ten on the night. Uh, but the Bucks still win because they had a, a couple of performances uh, from the bench. Some of the bench guys got in there, mixed it up a little bit, and really helped get the Bucks this win. But you know, overall, uh, really ugly stuff. Giannis, I thought throughout the game, kind of was able to keep fighting through stuff and keep making plays. And then, uh, to me, it was just some of that sequence from him in the fourth quarter where he's just flying around all, all over the place. Uh, there's of course that chase down block, which I mean, just to me, unbelievable stuff. Uh, 
it, it was in the middle of a segment where the Bucks were missing some threes, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But uh, somehow to get to that Jason Tatum dunk, Tatum was. I think Tatum caught the ball when he was at the free. Tatum was at the free throw line when he caught it. Giannis was probably out near half court or maybe in between half court and the three point line, and still manages to chase down Tatum, hits the ball out of his hands, and goes off the backboard, and eventually uh, the Bucks corral it, and well, they end up missing another three, and ultimately it leads to Tatum hitting a three. But it was just one of those plays where it's just unbelievable stuff from Giannis. It's just unbelievable that he can make some of the plays that he can. And, you know, I think you you probably end up thinking that through through most of the fourth quarter. There's, uh, there's the play where he's coming down and Jalen Brown, who um, is not a small man, uh, he, he's obviously a guy with some broad shoulders. He's a guy uh, that can hold his own against most wings, uh, but he's not big enough for Giannis. Uh, that, that's, I think that's certainly uh, obvious. 6'7", 220, that's, that's good size, but not big enough for Giannis, and he just bounces off of Giannis. And it was a nice play by Giannis not to dip his his shoulder too low and you know not extend the right arm but he meets brown and brown just keeps flying underneath uh he gets to a spot where he's on the baseline out of bounds and Giannis has slowed down a little bit and now he's getting an easy dunk and it, it was just a ridiculous play and then a little while later Giannis hits the three and i thought the I don't want to say necessarily that the game kind of swung here, but uh, Giannis hits that three, 84-75. Tatum answers with the layup. It's 84-77. And the next couple of possessions, the Bucks kept getting good looks. On that next possession, Eric Bledsoe misses a three, 84, while they're up 84-77. Tony Snell makes this ridiculous play where he's able to save the ball from out of bounds. He tosses it back to Brooke Lopez. Lopez has an open look. He misses that one. And, and again, this is kind of a spot where you're thinking, okay, maybe one of these is going to be the dagger. Like Maybe this is going to be the spot. You, you hit that, go up 87-77. Maybe that closes out the game, but instead... Lopez misses. Uh, you know, they kind of go back and forth a little bit. Giannis able to get to the line. He goes uh, and hits one of two at the line, 85-77. The Bucks go up again. And from there, uh, you know, they they just couldn't put it away, but they had chances. You know, there's uh, an Eric Bledsoe turnover on a smart steal. Then Mirtich gets an open three. Misses that one. That would again 85-77. That that would have given the Bucks an 88-77 lead. Uh, then the Bucks are able to get another stop. Middleton gets a look at a three. Misses that one. 85-77. Kyrie Irving uh, makes a three of his own. Gets the game down to 85-80. Middleton misses another three. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, that was when the Giannis block happens. And again. Giannis block in transition you're thinking okay you got to pay it off you got to find a way to you know really make them make that that huge momentum play make that play that shuts the door 
because that would be the exclamation point. Giannis, block off the glass. You come down, hit a three, and they got Miritich an open one, and he missed that one. 85-80. Celtics go the other way, 85-83. Bucks take a full timeout, 5.03 left, and you know, in a span of about three minutes, you miss six straight threes, and you had a chance to go from uh, 84-75 with 831 left and close that game out. And instead, all of a sudden, the Celtics are back in at 85-83 with 505 left. And now you've put yourself in you know, a really tough spot where you're going to have to go toe-to-toe with the Celtics team the rest of the way. And that's that's kind of how it went. The Bucks in that situation really went ahead and leaned on Giannis. Uh, coming out of that timeout, they get him a post-up look where he just hits uh, one of those little baby hooks. It's almost, it's kind of sad that you know, Giannis, or excuse me, that Frank isn't recording this podcast uh, with me because no one on earth loves the idea of a Giannis little hook shot more than more than Frank Madden. And he he hit that one little hook over Horford. Uh, then he misses a three, but then he gets the ball again, and it's a spin move from the uh, a left baseline drive. Spin move finishes over the top gets that to fall and you know you're kind of going back and forth and then Horford gets a jumper Kyrie Irving gets a three uh that was the one in transition that he got that uh Mike Boonholzer in the postgame mentioned uh you know he, he didn't say unacceptable but you know that was kind of a play that you could tell he really thought man that's just a killer to give up we know better than that we know to run him off the line and i just remember horford grabbed the rebound gave it to irving and i remember hitting matt and saying "Uh uh-oh it's not a good spot to be in and no one really picked up irving he hits that top of the key three 90 89 and then all of a sudden you gotta go back and forth malcolm brogdon hits a little jumper on an ato 90 or excuse me on a, on a dribble handoff on a dho 91 90 bucks go up irving answers with the layup then eric bledsoe has a driving layup of his own Giannis gets to the rack hits two free throws they go up 95 92 then horford gets an assist uh gets a three assisted to him from Kyrie irving 95 95 then middleton hits a three 98 95 uh then irving driving layup 98 97 and like i said you're just going back and forth and that's not the spot you want to be in with the celtics team but what was interesting there was i mentioned all the times that they had a chance to shut it down to have that dagger to close out the game when they missed those threes all those guys, you you know, you look at the box score and Giannis is the guy, obviously, that had the most solid night, that had the most consistent night. You know, I think there was times in that game that each of the starters was just, just not good. There, there were times where Brogdon just was not good. There was times uh, in that game where Bledsoe was not good. I thought he kind of had a, a little bit of a an episode again with Terry Rozier in the first half where it, it was one of those moments where he seemed to be pressing. He was trying a little bit too hard, trying to do a little bit too much, and it, it 
to me, it just looked like, oh, me, haven't seen it at all in the first two games, and now all of a sudden did the, the Rogier Bledsoe kind of thing flow back into his brain a little bit is that messing with him because it did look like he was trying to force a little bit and Rozier had that block off the glass on him and it just looked like he was a little bit shook up there um and it we hadn't seen that in the first game so it, that was kind of interesting you look at Middleton he had uh, a great first quarter I think eight points in the first quarter first half he had 12 points uh, I think four assists at the half and him and Giannis were kind of both sitting there and then Middleton doesn't score again until that three so he had had 12 points at the half doesn't score through the third quarter doesn't score uh, in the fourth quarter and then all of a sudden hits that huge shot to put them up 98-95 and you're just kind of wondering, and, and going back to Bledsoe, sorry, I, I forgot to mention the good part of it was Bledsoe had that layup, that spinning layup, where, you know, he hadn't really had an impact in a while, and he has that. Then Brogdon, uh, he wasn't playing particularly good. I think he was three of nine there for a little while, hadn't scored in a long time, and then in the fourth quarter, had a little drive on Tatum, had a three, uh, had another bucket that I just mentioned there in that final sequence as well. And, you know, it, it kind of felt like the Bucks couldn't really get Giannis and two people throughout the game to, to really play well together. It was always just, you know, one of the other starters that was gonna kind of have a, a moment and you know Bledsoe probably didn't have a quarter himself where he had that but you know Middleton had that first quarter that kind of got the Bucks through and kind of helped them you know stay afloat in many ways and then uh, Giannis closed out the game but all those guys kind of had that moment and uh, despite missing some shots in that fourth quarter in that sequence they all have their own moment and find a way uh, to get the Bucks into a spot where they try to close out this game. So 98-95, uh, Irving is able to get himself a quick layup. 98-97, uh, the Celtics get it within one. And then, you know, a, a possession where the Bucks simply don't execute. And uh, Mike Boonholzer talked about it after the game. He said, that's on, that's on me. I got to do a better job making sure uh, that we execute in that spot. But, you know, Irving hits, uh, hits a layup 98-97 uh, with 27 and a half seconds left. So the Bucks can, can take it down to three seconds, uh, excuse me, three and a half seconds left uh, on, the, on, the, on the clock if they hold out for that entire possession. And they wait for a little while, eventually uh, work with Middleton and Giannis. They get a switch. Middleton covered by Horford, Giannis uh, covered by Marcus Smart. And the it, really the timing of everything was off because by they get that switch and when Giannis gets his touch, there's four and a half seconds left on the shot clock and Middleton enters it to him uh, right around the top of the key. Smart's able to poke it away. Then Giannis is you know kind of trying to corral it down to three seconds. He's got to try to make a move and Smart just kind of smothers it and you have a jump ball and uh, then we get into uh, a whole lot of weirdness. I think so. Three point seven seconds left. Point two seconds 
on the shot clock. And we're we're watching all of that, looking through all of that. 3.7, on the shot clock. One point game, Bucks up 98-97. And uh, to me, when when everything and again i was just on press row i didn't get to hear what anyone was talking about but as all of that was going down it just sort of felt like no one really knew what the rule was no one really knew how all of this was was supposed to go down and Giannis is able to tip it on on the jump ball Tip it over to Brooke Lopez, who then tries a two-handed tip. And the officials go and call a shot clock violation. And then it got up for, you know, really a, a lot of discussion. And at the time, I said, you know, I'm not really... 100% sure exactly what the rule is. I, I've never seen this situation before, but you know, I assumed that the shot clock would not start until the uh, until another player outside of the circle touched it. That was what the rule ended up being. So, in that situation, the clock did not start until Brooke Lopez touched it, and then from there, it appears. And again, it. It wasn't totally clear uh, from the the pool official report that I was uh, the one that did again uh, here in Milwaukee, but it, it wasn't entirely clear from the officials exactly what they were saying. It, but from what I could surmise, and then from their answers, which again like were clear, but uh, you are only able to ask certain questions that have been submitted. And uh, so through that, you know, you couldn't really get a whole lot more clarification. So going through that, to me, it sounded like they believed that the two hand tip from Lopez was not in fact a tip but rather him attempting to possess the basketball. And that was the thing they kept going back to explaining the call was that Lopez could not possess the ball. He could only tip it. You could get a tip off with point one. You could get a tip off with point two. That is something that could happen. But with point two seconds left, Brooke Lopez could not possess the ball. And that, to me, is, you know that's i guess kind of what they saw was that the ball was not tipped but instead that two-hand touch was controlled and that was a possession and brooke lopez cannot possess it so ultimately i think that's what they went with so they go with that bucks lose possession three and a half seconds left on the clock Celtics take a timeout advance the basketball and then, really, this was a situation where the Bucks were going to have to do everything that they could to defend. And I was a little bit surprised, you know, that they didn't switch some things. I thought maybe we'd see them go out of the way and go out of their way, excuse me, and try to switch and say, okay, any screen action, we're going to switch that. They largely didn't, uh, and that 
led to Kyrie Irving getting the basketball around the top of the key, led to him driving with his left hand. He drives on the left side. Al Horford's on the left wing. Uh, he's able to drive with his left hand on Eric Bledsoe. He steps through. Uh, Giannis is the help defender. And then he tries a left-handed finish sort of behind his head. Uh, I believe from about, oh, I don't even know exactly how far out it was, probably about 10, 12 feet, somewhere in there. Uh, he tries it. It bounces off the rim. And then you have the Bucks win it, 98-97. You know, I think a couple things that stick out were Brooke Lopez closing the game for the Bucks. There was a stretch where the Bucks had Nikola Mirotic in, and he was going up head-to-head against Horford. Horford tried to attack him a couple times. He stood his ground. He was able to make some plays, and or he was able to keep Horford from making some plays. He was able to keep his body in front. He switched a couple times. I thought that was a really interesting wrinkle. Uh, and then ultimately, the Bucks decided that they were going to close with Brooke Lopez for the final 5-0-3. And that's exactly what they did. And I thought that was interesting because it shows a level of trust in Brooke and what he's able to do. And the only thing that kind of changed was that Sometimes Brooke would be on Al Horford. Sometimes Giannis would be on Al Horford. They played with that a little bit. Sometimes Brooke Lopez would be on the basketball. Uh, when there was an inbounds play, they they moved things around a little bit and messed with all of those things. And in the end, it, it ended up it ended up working some. Um, but also during that time, you saw a couple pick and pop baskets for Al Horford and. That is, to me, always going to be the question is, are pick-and-pop bigs kind of hitting their shots? And uh, are are the Bucs able to contain guards and make sure that those guys don't get loose? And you look at 17 of 48 tonight for Al Horford and Kyrie Irving. Irving is 9 of 27 from the field. Al Horford is 8 of 21. And that... to me is where the game is decided is they made it tough on those two guys and those two guys didn't kill them late they got a couple good looks you know al horford hit a couple big shots irving hit a couple big shots and that's the thing that the bucks are always gonna have to bring is that it's always gonna have to be consistent uh, against pick and pop pick and pop bigs it's gonna have to be consistent against guards and uh you know i thought tonight for the most part they brought it and to Brooke Lopez's credit, he managed to he he really managed to just kind of stick in the way and make some plays. There was this incredible sequence from Brooke where he gets a big block on Marcus Smart from the backside, and you know during that during that sequence he was 
doing a couple different things. He was moving his feet. He was doing, uh, I think he got switched onto someone else. So all of a sudden he flies in from the backside. And, you know, I just thought it was kind of a credit to Brooke Lopez that he's able to play 34 minutes tonight. And he keeps finding a way defensively. Uh, and that'll be really interesting to watch. And then I thought the other thing tonight was Bledsoe plays 32 minutes, 2 of 9 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. Uh, f- just five points for him tonight. He obviously had that big basket. But then I thought the other thing he did was he did look shaky when he was going head-to-head with Rogier, and that makes you a little bit uncomfortable, but he did make things incredibly difficult on Kyrie Irving for most of the night. He, He was able to make him work, and in the moments when it wasn't Bledsoe that made him work, it was George Hill. George Hill was in there. George Hill was able to... Again, I think for the most part, really use his length to frustrate Kyrie Irving. Again, you—I I don't think you ever shut down guys like that because they're going to get their shots up and they're going to try to find a way to impact the game. But it did feel like they made him work, and George Hill really found a way to use his length and bother Kyrie Irving. And at the end of the day, that's that's what you're trying to do. Uh, with those guys so uh, kudos to Lopez kudos to Bledsoe kudos to George Hill uh, I thought all of that the, they were really able to to make Horford and Irving work and that's going to lead to uh, a really solid performance and a really solid game now with the Bucks, I talked about the starters you have Giannis on 11 of 19 night one of two from three, 30 points, 13 rebounds, six assists. Middleton, 15 points, 13 rebounds, four assists. Uh, Brogdon, 15 points, six rebounds, four assists. And then Bledsoe, like I said, two of nine, five points. Robin Lo- or Brooke Lopez, excuse me, four of 11 from the field, two of seven from three, 10 points, eight rebounds, two blocks. And the starters, it, it, would, it, it was ugly. The, the, this game was ugly. Those starters didn't really have it, but it did feel like the bench was able to bring something really solid. Ersani Ilyasova, nine points, four rebounds. He was 4-4 four, four from the field. I thought he was really able to bring some energy and, and found a way to you know, make some plays. He had a little stretch when he first entered the game where he had uh, a vintage ursan tip where he's just able to tap it in he had an ursan charge he had a breakaway dunk which is unusual uh but i thought he was able to make a difference then i already mentioned george hill tony snell on the night 204 from the three-point line six points Uh, a couple of those were excuse me those two threes were really helpful uh, the, it, it did really kind of, I don't want to say happen in big moments, because uh, obviously he didn't close the game or anything, but it was always a time where they could just use a bucket and they got one. And then Nikola Mirotic, his first game as a Milwaukee Buck, he gets his first shot from, he gets his first point, excuse me, from a, a kind of a, a, a ugly offensive rebound that Eric Bledsoe kept alive. He picks up, picks it up on the ground. He's able to lay it in. Those are his first points of the buck. And then after that, he also hits two threes and they were two threes that again, the bucks really needed. One of them came on a corner three on a really nice dish from Giannis. And you could tell that 
Giannis is going to enjoy playing with Nikola Mirotic. He he loves getting shots up. He gets them up incredibly quick, and he is not lacking for confidence. And I just think that's going to be a huge addition, as something that can be really helpful. And the Bucks, Bud had talked about how they're going to try to keep him on a minutes limit. He didn't say exactly what that minutes limit was, but he Mirtich had just 14 minutes tonight, so they're going to try to keep that. I think that minute load down now for a little while, and ultimately keep adding things. But for now, that's where they're at, and this is this is one of those wins where it's it's a good team victory. Everyone. May, maybe they didn't have the best night. They they certainly didn't. It was it was incredibly ugly. Bud mentioned that he thought the defense came straight through the All Star break and they were great defensively. Uh, but maybe the offense didn't come along. And he hopes that they'll hit some of the they'll knock some of the rust off and uh, find a way to make things flow a little bit better offensively. They, they played the Timberwolves on Saturday, so we'll, they will get that chance here uh, in another day. But uh, they're still able to get a win, and those that means something. It means something that the Bucks are able to pull out games like this. And obviously we've talked about uh, all of their big wins against teams like the Raptors, winning a game in Oracle, winning... Uh, that tough game in Denver, like the Bucks have a bunch of really solid wins, and the Bucks added another one tonight as they managed to beat uh, the Boston Celtics, ninety-eight, ninety-seven. So, Bucks win ninety-eight, ninety-seven. Uh, they move to forty-four and fourteen on the season. Uh, they make it seven and a half game difference between them and the Celtics and on top of all of that they get the tiebreaker so you can add a little bit more there as well and just a, a really nice win for this Bucks team so I'm a little bit delirious it's after midnight here as I record actually oh man it's after one uh, by the time I'm recording here so uh, hopefully some of that made sense Sorry that Frank wasn't able to join me, but uh, we can we can keep it rolling. Bucks Timberwolves on Saturday. Frank and I will recap that and have a podcast. Uh, probably record a podcast on Sunday, and that should either be ready for you Sunday night or Monday morning. But for now, Bucks win ninety eight ninety seven, maintain their spot atop the Eastern Conference, and make a little bit more room between them and the Boston Celtics. So for Frank Madden. I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you guys again on Monday.